Hey guys, Dane here with the Darkroom Podcast. I hope you are all doing amazing. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. In today's episode, I chat with Jason Peterson, and I like to say he is the godfather of photography, but really he is so much more than that. He is the CCO and chairman of Havas North America. He started the Annex, which is a multi-city creative space that is home to some of the world's best YouTubers, Twitch streamers, and content creators. And in this episode, we explore everything, including his past from growing up as a guitarist in his own punk rock band to hustling his way to his first job at an ad agency and the way that he works and the way that he gets things done and the amount that he works still uh, it's it's really good stuff and it's super inspiring and I had a great time talking with him. So without further ado, here is a conversation with Jason Peterson. Welcome to the Dark Room Podcast, where you'll get to hear from the best full-time creators on the planet. From starting out to where they are now and everywhere in between. Welcome to the Dark Room. Hey guys, Dane here with the Dark Room Podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us. Today, I am so absolutely pumped to have on Jason Peterson, Chief Creative Officer of Havas North America, Godfather of Photography, and Master of the Dark Arts. Jason, thank you so much for coming on here, ma'am. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Uh, how was uh, Lollapalooza? Um, it, it was exhausting as shit. Um, but pretty awesome. I had a great time. I literally just got back from going to the chiropractor for the second time since Lollapalooza. Cause like hauling around like heavy camera equipment and running around like nonstop from one artist to the next actually takes its kind of toll. So it was like, it's a lot of work. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize it that even, and even like a lot of kind of up and coming photographers going, Oh, I wish I can do that and have that access but they don't understand the hustle that kind of goes into it. Right. Which is like a getting the access, getting the shots, getting the edits out, like happens instantly. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what, what, I, what I noticed was, uh, um, like I was there with a bunch of other photographers and other stuff. As soon as the show ends, I'm like, all right, see you. And they're like, Oh, I'm going backstage. I'm going to hang out. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm going back. I'm going to upload these photos, yeah, edit these photos, sending them out to the, press agents to the artist agents and whatever. Cause if it doesn't happen now, when it comes to this kind of shit, it's not going to fucking happen. So it's like these, these photos have like a half life. So you got to move, you got to move quickly or shit's not going to happen with them. So it's a hustle. Oh, for sure. So like what, what do those days look like hours wise? Like, are you there start to finish and then, even you know, so, until so, so I was shooting a, you know, by choice, number one, like I didn't have to do it. I'd never have to, to kind of do those things, but I want to do it. Yeah. Um, so I was shooting for paper magazine one day I was shooting for billboard magazine and then kind of overall for high snobiety. And then I was also on top of that shooting for some specific artists. So I would kind of pick and choose based upon what those publications were looking for. And then my relationships with different artists. So I didn't shoot everything. I literally would go through it and go, okay, I have to shoot Chromio. So let me figure out who's around that that I want to shoot. I have to shoot, you know, G Herbo and kind of like figure out, you know, that thing. And then it's a hustle on top of that. Cause like I have artist access mm -hmm. and then I have a photo access. 
But then you really need a third thing on top of that is you need permission from the artist and or their manager or stage manager to right. get, you know, to be like shooting on stage, shooting at, you know, everything you sort of want. So there's variant, you know, various levels of that hustle, you know, that either I'm working on, I have um, people who work for me working on or what have you. Yeah. And I guess the, really the only easy part is that it's in your backyard in Chicago. Right. That's the only that's the only <laughs> thing. It's an easy ride in. It's a easy Uber ride in, or I can walk home and I just kind of pop in and, and knock it out. Oh, for sure. Were you uh, were you going to Lollapalooza before you were shooting it, or no? no. There's no way I would. There's no way I would go to like a a festival of that size. Coachella Lollapalooza. And well, because you're you're a punk guy, right? You grew up. Yeah, yeah. I grew up, I grew up as as kind of like in the kind of like American hardcore kind of punk rock scene. Yeah. And that's how I got into photography. But that's, I mean, it's really, I was more of a designer. You know, I designed all the flyers and record covers and then shot some of the photographs. Um, and it wasn't until later on or, you know, kind of like the, the early days of hip hop that I kind of had this, I felt this like similar energy and kind of synergy around what punk rock was to kind of what hip hop was. It was yeah. this kind of rebellious DIY. Anyone could, cut, you know, grab a mic or grab a guitar and kind of do it. For sure. So I always saw similarities. So to me, it's really amazing seeing hip hop really embracing punk rock stuff. Like, like I always say, like, like Vic Mensa is one of my favorite because he's more of a punk rock guy than he is a hip hop guy. Like, mm -hmm. you know, from a style, energy, and a point of view, which, which that I really identify with that shit. And uh, like, what is it like, kind of? growing up and seeing so many different, you know, segues of hip hop and like where it is now and kind of where it was when you were in New York and, you know, the eighties, nineties, like what, what is that transition been like in, in a creative sense too? You know, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's been awesome. Cause like, I mean, there, I've, I've had so many opportunities to be involved and see like amazing music. Right. Yeah. Like I tell, I always tell people this story like, Oh yeah, I remember, I forget what year it was, but I remember when, I was invited to go see Nirvana unplugged and I was like, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm not going to, I'm kind of tired. I'm just going to go home. I ordered, I think I got like a burrito and went home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so there were some like random things like that, that mm -hmm. either I fucked up on or I was like at, you know, some like cool things like that. But you know what, I, what I've learned is cause I, especially like in, in, in music and hip hop, like I see this debate of people judging from one generation or these generations happen quickly. Uh, to the next about what's hip hop, what is, what is acceptable and whatever. I'm like, you guys are all just being that generation before, like everything that's new is new and you should treat it with the same level of respect. You know, like, like everyone's like dissing all these SoundCloud rappers and going, that's not really hip hop. I'm like, yes, it is. Yeah, just like sure. you said, this wasn't hip hop, but, but like, and, and this is a constant quest and this is really where the Havas and the creative director thing fall into place for me. I refuse to put, like a stake down mm -hmm. and say, this is my generation. This is my thing. Like I am so open-minded about everything that is new. Cause there is no, there's no difference. It's all as important. And if you're not, you're going to be left behind and be out of touch. And you're a weird, like old crotchety dude. Who's like, you know, Tupac was the best rapper. I'm right. Like, I'm like, dude, my 18 year old son doesn't even know who Tupac is, but he knows who little pump is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, so like, sure. So, so that's happening right now. And, and I was having this debate the other day in, in LA and people were like, 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 no, that's not going to stand a test of time. I'm like, absolutely. It's going to stand a test of time. And you sound like 10 years ago, people were having the same conversation that you're having now. Like you guys are goofy, you know? Yeah. Well, and the reason Havas is so giant is because you obviously know to keep up with the trends, but better yet, like, you know how to. 
Like, is it, yeah, is it sure. like exercising a muscle almost like having a pulse on, on the ebb and flows of like what is going on? Something, I don't think it's a muscle, but I think it, it's a, it's being open-minded, but I actually think it's more exercising restraint. Mm -hmm. Like I tell everyone that, um, experience is the worst thing you can bring to an equation because experience tells you that in the past I did X, Y, and Z. And that led to this outcome. Like experience is like, the worst thing you have because it's judgmental. So you're never going to get to truly evolving or changing what's going on. Like the advertising industry is like the first to talk about innovation and change and what's going on in the world, but they're the last to do anything about it because they have this muscle memory and the way they make money and the way they operate. Yeah, It's like handcuffs. So it's like, I decided to say, I don't give a shit. And it's like, and it's even like that, like, like I'm the chairman of the company, but I'm like, I never worry about making money. Because if you're worried about making, I'm more worried about doing cool, interesting, awesome. Yeah, and the money things. will follow. The money will come to you. It if you follows do. it every time. Yeah. If you sit there and worry about how you're going to get paid for this, like, like you're never getting anywhere. Yeah, I think know? that's important, man. Because there's a lot. I mean, especially in this podcast, like, there's a lot of young full-time creators, and probably a lot of them too are doing some work. Sometimes they don't necessarily want to do just for yeah. a paycheck. I mean, what are your thoughts on doing work like that? Do you think that people should kind of just sit back and wait to only do projects they're inspired by, develop their own style and stick with it? I know your style is so unique to you, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I think everyone has to do whatever they feel is right. But for me, there, there's no way, like literally I was just responding to an email now from like some big, huge appliance company. They want to pay me a lot of money to do something that I'm like, yo, I, I would not be comfortable doing that. Right. So I'm just like, no, yeah, like, and, and I just don't worry about it. And, and to me, it's a, a, you know, it, it protects what your brand is and your integrity. Um, but then also like, if they really want you, they will bend and they will change and they'll come back around. Like oh, I've had sure. it so many times where I've said, no, nah, this corny, I wouldn't do this. Mm -hmm. And then they, then they hit me back and go, no, we really want to do it. We'll do it your way. Yeah, so, for sure. Like, yeah. I think if you have a point of view, you got you got to stick with it and not worry about it. Cuz and it's also like that kind of thing with with social media in general, like the whole idea of a paycheck or the whole idea of like hashtag ad. Yeah. doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work for the brand, it doesn't work for the content creator, it doesn't work for the influencer. Like the ads I do don't look like ads. Like yeah. they have the exact same engagement and uh, 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 interaction as 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 a as a post I make for myself. And that's what I judge everything on. I'm like, if this isn't, you're, you're buying the wrong guy if you, if you want something else. Yeah. You have a really cool analogy out there uh, talking about social, you know, advertising being like a party, right? Like you want to, yeah, exactly. yeah, you're not going to come to a party and like start shouting in the corner of a room. Like, Hey, Hey, look at me buy me. Like you want to be social yeah. and have people engage organically. Yeah. And, and that, that to me, it's just, it's mind boggling to me that the industry doesn't get that and understand that. Yeah. Um, because like, they're just still trying to make ads and put them on social and people, I'm like, you guys look like dicks. Like, it's not even that it's, it's ineffective and annoying. It's like, it's, it's like almost anti-effective. Like you're making people hate you by forcing them to listen to you and talk to you. It's like, it's like being stuck at a party talking, you know, you know, being stuck talking to the most annoying person that only talks about themselves. Yeah. And in you LA I mean? out here, I know exactly what you're talking about. Exactly. 100%. Exactly. Like, like you have to be empathetic. You have to, you have to acknowledge the people you're talking to and, mm -hmm. and give them value. And especially now, like you see it going on this trend that's going on uh, with all of these, like what I would call like, like, like new model brands, like the Facebook, Uber, Starbucks, yeah. Chipotle, 
they're all they're all doing the same thing right now. They're apologizing for being asshole companies, <laughs> right? And, oh, yeah. and the reason why they're doing it is not because they're asshole companies. They're all actually all amazing, great, uh, you know, you know, companies that have transcended a lot of things. But they're acting like a traditional company, yeah. and they're they're, yeah. they're 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 not realizing that brands are no longer owned by the brands themselves, right? Mm -hmm. Social. I can opt in. I am an owner of your brand. For I'm sure. buying into your ethos and your DNA. If you think about the branded content or the brands you opt in to receive emails about, mm -hmm. you, you are empathetic to them. You trust them. You like them. You feel like you have ownership over that brand. And that's how all brands have to be, or I can shut you off. Yeah. You know? And it's a long game too. I feel like, you know, it, it's not going to happen overnight. It's trust over months and, and yeah. months of that kind of, that kind of ad. But, uh, can I go back a minute to, uh, yeah, your, your transition from being a photographer to dabbling with ads and getting into the ad world and, and what that was like? Um, well, I mean, it wasn't even really from photography. Like I always, I've done photography since, you know, like, like the 10th grade. Right. Yeah. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like I, I, I played in hardcore bands. Mm -hmm. Um, I toured the country in the, the summer of 1989. I, booked 48 shows with me and my seven best friends. What instrument did you play? Were you a singer? I played, no, I played guitar. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Hell I played yeah. guitar and I was, I was actually not a very good guitar player, but I was an amazing promoter yeah, and, I, oh looked, yeah. and I, I had really good jumps and I looked fucking cool as shit. Dude, that's it, baby. Hell yeah. But, but, it, but it was like, I'm like, I'm going to get, I convinced, you know, six of my best friends to go, we're going to start a band. We're going to write some songs. Mm -hmm. We're going to press a record. We're going to go on tour and, and fuck it. And dude, and this is pre-internet. This is pre-cell phone. Oh yeah. For this sure. is me with stolen calling cards, calling people up and figuring it out. And, you know, I played CBGBs, you know, when I was, Huge. you know, 18 years old. Yeah. So like it was an amazing experience. When I got back from that, I, I, I literally was sitting, I got dropped off with all my equipment sitting on my, uh, my older sister's front lawn. Cause I was going to, I was kind of begging her to let me move into her apartment with her. Cause I had nowhere to go. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't want to be poor my whole life and I don't want to be in this situation, Yeah, you know? And, but I also didn't want to make money off of music. Cause I, Hey, you know, I, I liked it too much and I didn't want, I didn't, I didn't see that as a career path, but, um, I knew I was really great at designing flyers and record covers. So mm -hmm. my older sister is one who actually kind of pushed me into advertising and I kind of like sold everything I had. And I went to advertising school in Atlanta, Georgia and put together, you know, you know, a book of, of, of kind of like, you know, fake advertisements is yeah. kind of how these ad schools work. And I got a job in, in, in advertising. And since then I never looked back. Um, Were there any, any, any like bumps or, 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 you know, roadblocks along the way in the beginning of those jobs in, in advertising, or was it pretty smooth once you got in the door? Um, I don't know, like, like it, it was a little bit of a hustle to get a job, but I look back at it now as fucking fun, you yeah. know, like randomly, like, so my, my mother worked for, um, the airlines. And so I had this like friends and families airline pass so I could fly around the country. So I would just like nice. hit people up and yeah. then I'd be like, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to come to Portland. I'm going to come to Chicago. I'm going to come to New York. And I would just jump on a flight and just go yeah, and just show up and meet these people. I mean, I ended up having a lot of a bunch of job offers. I took a job at a little small agency here in Chicago, actually. It was my first job out of school. 
but I only lasted there about a year because then I got this opportunity to move to New York City mm-hmm. um, and go to this kind of startup agency that had Volkswagen as the, as their main client. So okay. like I was like the lead art director on Volkswagen when I was like 22 years old. Yeah, that's unreal. That's so and from wild. there I just started making like hundreds of cool TV commercials. You know? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, and like to me, like there were no bumps in it. Like people ask me now, like because I'm like the boss, 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 and like mm-hmm. everyone listens to you. I'm like, I got news for you. I was this exact same way when I was 23, 24 years old. Like I have an idea and I have a passion. And I'm like, you either get on board or get the fuck out. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter about being in charge. It just matters about, you know, getting shit done. Yeah. And so up until like, what would that be? 2010, all of your mediums that you're using ads for television and yeah. like, that's pretty much it, right? Just television, TV, big, pr- I did really big print campaigns and billboard campaigns and yeah. radio campaigns, but like really traditional media, Yeah, you know? And, and it, it, at the time underneath it, I was always, uh, shooting photography. Right. But mm-hmm. I wasn't shooting photography for ads. I was, you know, I mean, that's why I, I literally laugh at kids that say they shoot film now. Cause it's like, it's like a joke. Yeah. It, and it truly is. It's like a I, getting a vinyl from Urban Outfitters and getting their, you know. Yeah. And having like two records and go, I'm really into vinyl. I'm like, yeah. do you have your own dark room? Do you print your own stuff? Do you have chemical burns on all of your clothes? Because that's all you do. Because it's like, as soon as you get into that, if you're, if, you're, if you're shooting film, you're scanning it in and then editing in Lightroom, you're a fucking loser. Yeah. I'm I sorry. Love that. Like you're yeah. wasting your time and there is no, no difference. If you have a dark room, you're developing your own print yeah. film, you're printing, you're dodging and burning and making your own stuff. Okay. Then we could maybe talk. Yeah. This other shit, you guys are a joke. But anyways, so I've shot photos underneath this career the entire time. Uh-huh. The issue was, is I had no vehicle, right? So I have r- closets full of prints and negatives. Do and you all still have a closet full of negatives? Everything, everything. Man. I want and to see was, those things. It, Get them out but there. If I, I did a presentation for, I think it was at the Apple store and I showed a photo I shot in 1993 and it looks exactly like a photo I shot yesterday. Dude, that's bitching, I had a style, man. I had a point of view and all that. It's exactly the same shit. But when social media hit, all of a sudden I had a, I had a gallery. Yeah. I had an audience. Oh, I had yeah. people that I could show stuff to versus just my friends who, you know, go, oh yeah, you're an art director trying to be a photographer. So I was always like, kind of like, you know, that's why social media, like, you know, it blew up for me. Um, but it's like, it's not new. You know what I mean? Like photography is not new to me. I've been, I've been running around at night with a couple friends shooting photos, you know, since the early nineties. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I really am curious. I feel like you're constantly in a flow state or at least that is yeah. your flow state. When you shoot, do you enter any type of state of mind that's different than your current way you're going you know what i mean like do you put headphones in do you just go to town like what is that yeah you know you know like 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 it kind of like drives you know like people around me a little nuts like i never stop yeah like right like right now it's like this is the slowest i am right is you know jumping on the thing and doing with you i just came from a a color crack from the second music video i shot which is coming out in two weeks for chance the rapper nice man um i'm got i got a dinner right after this for my son who's going to college oh Um, tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon i'm shooting the chicago red stars soccer team like i don't ever stop yeah for sure but i do know there is a thing like when it's just me and just my camera that i literally black out like i like I really zone out. Yeah. Like, like it is, it, it's, it's transformative. And, um, I become so 
hyper focused on it, it's it's like a drug. Yeah, it really is like a drug, and I, and I fucking I love it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like this constant kind of quest to get to that. So. And I know that when you take shots, I mean, there are times when you'll wait for hours just to get yeah. the right people yeah. in the right light. And I think yeah. it's so cool because now you know, like, there's so many good photographers out there, but I know there's a lot that that work quick and like they yeah. almost pride themselves on working quick. So it's cool that like yeah. you can step back and be like, I don't care how big I get, how successful my photos get. Like I'm going to sit here until I get the right damn shot. Oh, not just cause down. I know I'm good, you know? Yeah. Hands down. And it's like a lot of times, like I have to, like, I'll find that. So that's when I wait, like if there's light in an alley or whatever, that sort of thing, I'll just sit there. I go, I don't give a shit. I'm just going to sit here and wait. Cause until I get it, I can't leave. Like I'll constantly be thinking about it and I'll eat away at my head. But then sometimes I even manufacture it, you know, like, like at Lollapalooza, like this, this, this was like my favorite, one of my favorite experiences. Right. So I really wanted to shoot um, this kid, little pump, right. He's huge. He's blowing up and my son loves him and shit, but I didn't know him. I don't know his management. I don't know nothing. Yeah. So I had the girl does all my press. She knew them, but couldn't get a hold of them. They'd let me, you know, get in their camp and get on stage. So she gave me the name of the manager. I Googled the manager. I found out what he looked like. I was sitting for 45 minutes before he went on outside of the green room. And I saw them roll up on a golf cart and I walked right up to manager, drop my name, drop my name. I'm shooting for this thing, blah, blah, blah. He's yeah. like, cool, come on in. Dude, that's ushered perfect. Me. Perfect. All the other photographers were kicked out. They ushered me right in the thing. I was shooting him on stage, being low key, hiding out in the back. Everyone else is getting ushered off by the security guards. Mm -hmm. And there's a shot. He, you know, it was, it was, it was outrageous. The energy was insane. Yeah. But there was a shot where he crawled out in the audience, was standing up in the audience and like immediately I saw the shot forming in my mind and I knew exactly what it was going to be. Mm -hmm. I moved up. I walked up. I waited. I waited. I had it lined up. All my exposures were perfect. I was just waiting for him to put both his arms up. He put both his arms up. Boom. I was done. And the right then I go, I'm done. I, he still had like another song or whatever he did. I go, I, I was gone. I like, I, I, I knew I had yeah, it. You knew you had it. Dude, that's so huge. I ran back to, to where I was editing photos and I edited the photo and it was done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like a hunt and it's like a quest, you know, to do, find these do you approach ad, ad work that way as well? When, yeah, like, when I, you know, you get it, you got it good. Let's go. Yeah, to the yeah next for thing. sure. I mean, I find with advertising, it's interesting because traditionally the way that advertising works is like you're, you're concepting. So I'm sitting in a room with a partner staring at him, coming with ideas. I'm like, I was never good at that. I cannot sit still. What I do is I run around, I shoot photos, I think this stuff, and I'm thinking of the problem in the back of my mind. And then I just talk about it. I'm like, boom, boom, boom. Here's five ideas. Yeah. And that's my, that's my biggest strength in advertising is like, if you put me in front of a client and I believe in them and I believe in what their brand is, I can listen to talk for 10 minutes and I can give them the solution right now. The great thing about my entire mission for advertising is to move from creatives to creators mm -hmm. is I can just come up with the idea, but I can also just make the idea right now. Yeah. I'm like, I don't need production money. I got a camera. Yeah, I you can do phone, it with the phone right here in your hand. But I'm going to do it right now. Yeah, love that. And, 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 and that's the really interesting thing about advertising because the fact is, nobody in advertising could do that. Yeah. Which I wish there was, but there honestly is no competition. It's really fucked up. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, know? that's why that's why I tell everyone, I'm like, I've been to the other side. Yeah. These ad agencies are run by a bunch of old fat 
out of touch white dudes. Yeah. Like they don't know what's going on. I'm like, my competition isn't them. It's kids with iPhones and drones and 50,000 followers. And I'm going to act just like that for brands. Yeah. Can, and, you, and can you talk about that for a second? These, these kids that, you know, that you find and, and yeah. kind of organically bring on your team. Well, well, I mean, you guys know this the same way I kind of met you is like, look, there's this creative community that's, that's erupted like a creative revolution. I think it's going to be looked back upon as the biggest creative revolution there was, which really comes from social media, comes from an iPhone, it comes from Instagram, it comes from YouTube, it comes from Twitter. Yeah, There's all these uber creative people out there, the, the, the Casey Neistat disciples of the world mm-hmm. that are super talented. And those are the kids I'm hiring in my agency. Those are the kids that are rising up the ranks of, of, of my advertising agency. And the other people, you know, traditionally trained advertising people can't compete with that. Oh yeah. Um, and I find these kids by being social on social media. Like I can post like, Hey, I'm hiring people. I'm hanging out in LA tonight, or I'm hanging out in Atlanta. All these kids show up. I hang out with them. I'm like, okay, you're really talented. You're really nice and cool. And I like to be around you. You're optimistic. That's the positive side. Right. The negative side that other people look at it is you're young. You have no experience. Yeah. You don't know what you're talking about. But those about. are the old guys you're, that you already know, the old people that you know exactly right. and, how they run and, things. And you're, you're kind of cocky. And you have no idea what's going on in the world. I go, that's fucking perfect. Yeah. That's what I want. Yep. For I sure. can teach you advertising in 10 minutes, less than that. I can teach you advertising. Don't do dumb shit. <laughs> do shit that you and your friends would think is really awesome and rad and do it for these brands. Totally. Don't make them invisible, lean into what they are, you know? So like it, it, right now in, in embracing that level of creativity is really fun and exciting for me. Uh, going back to Casey a little bit, yeah. his, his studio yeah. three, three, six, eight. What do you think about, you know, like that entire just, you know, world that he's building in New York? Um, to be honest, I don't really think about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I wish him the best and the luck or whatever it is, but that's not, you know, I, I'm more concentrated on what we're doing, Right. you know, cause a lot of people have brought that up. I'm like, they're like, it sounds like it's going to be kind of a competition to you and the annex and blah, blah. I'm like, I don't, I, I, I'm not really thinking about that. All I'm thinking about is what's next with the annex. Yeah, how we're you're evolving on the path that, how what yeah. we're doing. So I don't really know, but I, I, I do know this is that, um, my knowledge and understanding of how brands work from the inside and mm-hmm. my, the advertising background has been really helpful because like understanding what, what clients need, understanding how to sell products is, is a really critical piece to our success. Right. Yeah. Cause it's not just a bunch of young kids that are doing cool shit, right? These clients and these brands, if they're not selling stuff, like we have a, a one of my favorite clients I'm working on right now is Carl's jr. And if they're not selling these burgers overnight, their franchisees are freaking the fuck out and yeah. people are losing their jobs and getting fired. So you need to do work that is highly engaging and creative and, and uh, uh, you know, cool to their consumers, but it has to be driving sales, yeah. you know? So like, I think that understanding is not an easy thing for a lot of people to get. Uh, what, can you talk about the annex for, for a bit? How, how, uh, how long has it been going on for right now? When did it start? So, so when I, when I moved to Chicago um, just over seven years ago to take over this really shitty agency called Euro RSCG. Mm-hmm. And I took it over because they put me in charge of the agency. Okay. Most, there, are, there, are no, there are no advertising agencies that are run by creative people. Mm-hmm. They're all run by CEOs and strategy people and all kinds of other you know, business people. Gotcha. But this agency was so desperate and fucked up, they're willing to put me in charge. And by that, I go, I, go, I run the culture of this agency. I play the music. I paint the walls. I hire the receptionist. Yeah. 
And um, it took a while to get going, probably like two years. I met my partner, this guy, Paul Mirabella. He's the CEO, his best partner I had. He's fucking on point. And we're able to transfer Havas into the best creative advertising agency in the country. Um, and it's killing it. About two and a half years ago, my boss, uh, Yannick Bollare, I went to him with an idea of like, look, I love Havas and I love what we're doing and we can just keep doing this and we'll do fine. But I had a different idea for a company that wasn't an iteration of an advertising agency mm -hmm. that was going to be a creative culture center first and foremost. So it was about what's emerging in music, art, gaming, fashion, uh, food. How do we truly engage it from a cultural point of view? And then out of that, branding and marketing and content creation go, it happens for brands. For sure. So, so the first annex opened up two and a half years ago in Westtown in Chicago which is kind of a cool neighborhood, but not the coolest neighborhood in Chicago. Mm -hmm. It's located in an old Mexican clothing store. It's about 25,000 square feet of retail space, basement space, and a second floor. Um, we've done 350 events and activations from art, music, fashion, design, from Chance the Rapper's birthday party to Vic Mensa's record release party to a Leica shoot and learn photo events to uh, 6 a.m. yoga events. Nice, man. Last night, um, all of the interns work, who work for me, it was hosted by Malcolm London. They did this crazy rap battle shit. And there were like 450 kids there just going, going nuts. Yeah. Um, it has nothing to do with our clients. It has nothing to do with, you know, on the surface of making revenue, you know, for, for, for advertising but it actually has everything to do with it because I hire from those kids. I bring brands into that culture in an authentic, real way. Brands are now paying me because that level of authenticity, if every brand in the world doesn't have that authenticity, you're going out of business and you can't buy your way into it. You have to really create it. So it's done really well in Chicago. It's grown about 80 full-time employees about 25 million in revenue out of there. So we're creating content for all kinds of brands. Mm -hmm. I opened the second physical annex space in Atlanta nice. um, based on creating every piece of content for Coca-Cola for every one of their brands okay, called cool. the annex, annex Bookstore. There's 45 employees down there. It's located in the old uh, Georgia Tech Engineering Bookstore. And it's the same thing. It's like this culture lab activation space and we make content out of there. I just made an acquisition in New York. We bought an agency called the 88s, and now it's called Annex 88s. I'm in the process of building out a, a, a cultural space there as well. So yeah, just, slowly but surely, you're gonna you know put here, put here, gonna, put here, get everywhere. They're gonna be everywhere, and yeah. they're gonna be localized to the creative community in those cities or their neighborhoods or whatever else it is. We just opened on a fourth annex in in uh, LA partnered with Capitol Records inside the Capitol Records historic landmark building. Um, it's called the Annex Creative Tower, and we're creating content partnered with uh, Capitol Records artists and musicians uh, for a wide variety of clients. We have a small outpost annex located in Singapore run by this guy, La Messi. Um, and it's, it's, it's expanding every week. I just started another annex. It's a college-based annex called Annex 23 run by this kid, Max, and it's literally aimed at 18 to 23-year-olds only. Okay. That is the largest segment of consumer that's ignored by brands, by everyone, mm -hmm. um, because they don't know how to deal with them, don't know how to talk to them. So we're starting this kind of influencers network across college campuses, which again will be for brands, but also will be a breeding ground for future Annex employees. 
dude, that's so, so money. So like what, when it comes to like the level of, of, you know, these, these hip hop artists as well too, like, and labels you're working with, you're with the major labels and are you going down to smaller labels as well? So, you know, so Havas is owned by Vivendi, which owns all of universal music, which is like 40% of the global's music, yeah. right? So I'm partnered. We're doing projects with Def Jam, Republic Records, Capitol Records, Interscope, all the big labels. Um, but we're also doing local partnerships at a local level through the annexes. So we partner with uh, Hype Brands, which is Chance of Rappers product, uh, uh, management company. Uh-huh. So we do work for them all the time. But then a lot of the artists are either on independent labels or different labels. We're just helping them from a creative point of view, market their artists, do music videos, do photo shoots, record covers and stuff like that. Yeah. Which is just about, again, you know, that's not a, that's not a revenue stream for us, but that's really just more about keeping us relevant in culture and having cool kind of opportunities for, for our, for our agency. Yeah, dude, that's so bitchy, man. So obviously like you have a really good sense of the future of all of this and where it's going. Uh, when it comes to like, this is kind of a, a different topic, but like augmented reality, do you have any ideas or thoughts about kind of like where that shit's going, which is kind of up in the air? Like, do you, are you going to yeah. steer your branding and your, you know, your creativeness to, to fill a void for that? I mean, what, what I know this is, is, is when it comes to those things, when it comes to innovation in, in, in technology and in the industry and stuff, like, I think those things are all tools but I always go back to focusing on what I do, mm-hmm. which is I create narrative for photography. I create narrative for music videos. I create narrative for brands. So I'm about telling stories and speaking for people who can't speak for themselves. Right. Knowing and understanding all of the channels is super important. Yeah. VR, AR, all those things. But those are not the solutions. Those are the vehicles to my narration, right? right. So I want to know them inside and out, right? Like, you know, gaming is a big, big focus for me right now. Like literally I'm hiring gamers to work in the annex. On Twitch, right? Not to, not just to work in the annex, but to game, you know? So I just hired a receptionist um, who runs our Twitch channel. I met her, she was temping and I want to work the annex so bad, blah, blah, blah. And I'm into gaming. I go, if you can win a game of Fortnite, last man standing, a hundred person game, you get a job. It took her three and a half weeks no and she way. won a game and she got a job. Dude, that's so wild. Like, but it's the point is I don't want a receptionist. I want a gamer who's also a receptionist. Right. right? So we do sure. it from the inside out. But but back to your question about like kind of like the, the the VR and the and the AR thing, I'm really interested in it because I think it's cool. I think it's got a ways to go because no one is, you know, like Pokemon Go changed the whole game because they made it dumb and simple. You know, it's like yeah, just, you can run around. And yeah, all that. But it's got to be like that, or people aren't going to do it. No For one sure. is putting on a headset and doing shit, right? Because because we're human beings, and our human beings is we do not want to look stupid doing anything, so we're not going to do it. Yeah. But um, I'm interested in creating an AR annex next. So I'm working with our team right now to literally make a a a, a, a geolocated gated AR annex that you could show up and interact with creative people content oh, and all this stuff, yeah. but it only exists. It only exists in AR. Yeah. So, so again, and that's that part of my thing. And this gets back even to the punk rock shit is like, I don't like talking about stuff in theory. Mm-hmm. I like talking about stuff from the inside out. Right. Sure. So social media, I didn't tar- start talking about social media until me myself was the biggest expert in social media. Right. And the way you do that is not reading about it. It's to get your hands dirty and yeah, be an be expert a part in social of it. media. 
So like, like a, a lot of it is that I'll look at the channels and think if they're interesting and, and then try to get it from the inside out. Yeah. I, you know, when it comes to that, I'm sure you get this question a lot, but you know, let's say you were growing up, you were 25 in this day and age, or you were, you know, yeah. what, what, what do you think like people really need to pay attention to when they are young creators right now? And like, what is important and what's bullshit? I don't know. Like, like, like. I, I, this may sound weird, but like, like to me, the number one thing is to be humble yeah. and to be curious. Like, cause, cause like, I think there's nothing worse than a 25 year old kid who knows it all and got it together. It's like, dude, you are, you don't know shit. Yeah. You know, when I was 25, I didn't know shit, but I knew that I didn't know shit. I knew that I was on this quest to be creative and make stuff. So I think you have to be humble and be really nice to all the people you meet. Cause they are all will be in your lives. They will all be in your circle for the rest of your life. I guarantee it. Um, I think, and it's also like, you know, staying hungry. Like I, I'll do the same thing. Like when I create a photograph or I create an amazing ad that I'm excited about, I can't sleep at night. Yeah. Right. It'd be so easy for me to go. I don't give a fuck. I just want to lay back in the cut and do nothing and just be some fat cat advertising dude. But it's like, nah, I'm like, it's, it's, it's a fucking quest and a drug of creativity to see how all these things, you know, are. So like, to me, like you got to live every fucking day. Like it's like, it's your first and it's your last and yeah. just kind of get in there and, and make shit. Dude. I love it, man. That's so yeah. rad. Hell yeah. Um, well as dude, is there any, you know, any, anything coming next? Like, I know you don't like to talk about stuff that's not, not done yet, but you know, yeah. what, what's next for you and, and I mean, whether it's I mean, photography LA, or LA after this focus is, is blowing up for, for us and me. So I'm like kind of all about it. we got some crazy, I mean, I can't really talk about it, but I had the most surreal 48 hours of my life. Like just, just some kind of crazy shit nice. going around opportunities and all these things, which is great. My focus is, you know, I wanted to make a music video, you know, this year was one of my goals at the beginning of the year. I've made two. Yeah, you're on two. Nice. Um, I probably will make probably five by the end of the year. Cool. And next year I want to make a film. So I'm going to, I'm going to figure out how to make a, how to make a movie as well. So like, I'm just kind of, Still constantly you know, creating, putting, constantly doing stuff. It's great, man. Yeah, just making it. stuff and putting yeah. it out there and say, I'm going to do it. And then you do it. Like, I know this is that money doesn't get in the way of anything. You know, these videos I made, cost, one cost $5,000 and one cost $7,000. And they look fucking amazing and rad. So, like, I don't need money to make stuff. So, yeah. You know. Dude, I love it, man. You have the hustle and ambition and just, you know, attitude that that the people on the top of my inspiration list have. So that's, that's really awesome. cool to see, like, Thanks, you know, man. like you're still doing so much and like not stopping yeah. anytime soon. So that's yeah, amazing. Man, for sure. I uh, shit, man, that was, that was great. I know you don't have awesome. a ton of time, so thanks for coming on. I, uh, if you yeah, guys want to want to follow Jason or if you're not already following on Instagram, it's Jason M Peterson. And then, awesome. uh, anything else you want to, want to plug or, or send no, people to? You, thank you. Thank you guys. I love your hustle. I love what you guys are about. So, so I can't wait to see what you guys do too. Appreciate you, man. Thank you so awesome. much. See, I told you guys that you were going to be inspired and you were going to be pumped and you were going to take away a lot. And I wasn't wrong, right? I took away so much from that. And I really did implement, you know, a ton of things to the way that I handle my business and my clients and, and, you know, this path that I'm trying to set for myself. And I hope that you guys did the same. Oh man. Well, anyways, I thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the dark room podcast. Please subscribe to us and give us a little rating. We're really pumped for these episodes. And next week we have another good one for you. So be on the lookout for that. And we will see you guys next week.